0: Exodus 33 is our scripture this morning, and uh, our five solas series, uh, this is the fifth of the five solas, Soli Deo Gloria, this morning the sermon is going to be Glory to God Alone, and we're going to look at a number of passages of scripture, but we're going to focus in first on Exodus chapter 33, beginning in verse 14, and in honor of um, our you know, celebration of The Lord's faithfulness in preserving his gospel um, and the Protestant Reformation. I wanted to uh, display my uh, Playmobil gift that uh, Tracy Putnam got me. This is a Martin Luther little figurine. Uh, He's got a little uh, Bible there and a little quill pen for the German Bible that was uh, translated. And uh, yeah, love this thing. So I'm just going to put him up here and, uh, and just to let you all enjoy him while the sermon's happening. And so Um, Exodus chapter 33, beginning in verse 14. Glory to God alone. Let's read God's word together. And he, speaking of the Lord, said, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. And he said to him, If your presence will not go with me, this is Moses speaking, Do not bring us up from here. For how shall it be known that I have found favor in your sight, I and your people? Is it not in your going with us, he's speaking to the Lord, so that we are distinct, I and your people, from every other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, This very thing you have spoken I will do, for you have found favor in my sight, and I know you by name, Moses said, Please show me your glory. And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you and will proclaim before you my name, the Lord. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. But he said, You cannot see my face, for man shall not see me and live. And the Lord said, Behold, There is a place by me where you shall stand on the rock and while my glory passes by I will put you in a cleft of the rock and I will cover you with my hand until I have passed by. And then I will take away my hand and you shall see my back but my face shall not be seen. Glory to God alone. Let's pray together. Lord, the heart cry of Every true child of God is show me your glory. We want to see you as you are. And yet, Lord, we recognize as fallen, sinful man. Lord, we cannot see your face and live in our current state. And we thank you so much for sending your son, Jesus, to come and to empty himself of the, the glories of deity, to clothe himself in flesh and take on human flesh and humble himself and to become a servant and to die for us. Even death on a cross where your glory is most vividly displayed. Thank you so much for reconciling us to you. Thank you that For those who are in Christ this morning, who have repented of their sins and trusted in you, there is an eternal heaven, an eternal future in heaven awaiting all of us, where we will see you face to face. We marvel at that. And the request of show me your glory will be a reality, because we'll be able to see you face to face now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. We're so thankful for that day that's coming, and Lord, we pray that you would just motivate and inspire us this morning as we see your glory more in its fullness from Scripture and as we are inspired for our entire lives to be motivated to bring glory to you alone. I ask that you would do this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Johann Sebastian Bach was a German composer who lived between 1685 and 1750, and he's famous even to this day. One of the things that Bach is famous for is that he never forgot that it was God who made the music through him. Whenever Bach began composing a new piece, he would bow his head and he would pray, Jesus, help me show your glory. Through the music I write, may it bring you joy, even as it brings joy to your people. Without Jesus' help, Bach knew he'd never be able to complete that task. But he would work, and then when he would finish working, when he felt finally satisfied with the work that he had composed, he would write the letters SDG at the bottom of the page of his musical composition, the S. DG stood for Soli Deo Gloria, for the glory of God alone. Bach hoped that when the music was played, it would point to God. What a great example Bach is to us. People today know that Bach was one of the most brilliant composers ever. But may we all show Jesus' glory in our lives as we play, as we compose, as we sing, as we craft. May we do all for the audience of one and for the glory of God alone. Bach became actually more famous a 100 years after his death than he had ever been while he was alive. But he never desired to become famous his desire was to glorify God. Bach's desire was to make the name of God famous, to make the name of Jesus exalted before people. And the question resonates with, with all of us, is this our desire? First Corinthians 10.31 says, Whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. This is something that doesn't just happen in church but happens in our everyday lives and is this our desire that SDG would be inscribed over every single thing we do for the Lord? and may it be the case because Bach is an excellent example to all of us of what our focus should be on in this life and may God grant us all grace to live a life that he might be glorified. And may we ascribe all glory to God and write SDG over all that we do as well. Glory to God alone became one of the heart cries of the Protestant Reformation along with the other five solas that we looked at over the last number of weeks. And to understand a little bit of what this means, you want to understand that the word glory throughout the scriptures is repeated over and over again to talk about the Lord. The, the original word in the Hebrew kabod actually carries the meaning of weight. When you're talking about glory, you're talking about weight or heaviness is actually the sense that's conveyed in the original. It, it's used to express importance. So when you're talking about God's glory, you're talking about weight. You're talking about, man, that's heavy. God. God's heavy in terms of the the weight of glory that he has and who he is. He's important and it's meant to really display for us a sense of the honor that is due to him and the majesty that he has. Everything stops when the President of the United States walks into a room There's a weight to the role. There's a weight to the title. There's a fame to the name. It kind of stops you in your tracks. And when we talk about God's glory, we're talking about the weight of the fame of His name and who He is and what He does. And it's, it's meant to cause us be stopped in our tracks at how awesome God is and to stop and take notice. And if you've ever met anybody famous before, you you tell the tale to everybody about, hey, I saw this famous person and maybe some of you have a story like that. And, And with God, we're meant to tell the tale of knowing him with the same type of urgency and even greater urgency because there's no one that has more glory or weight or fame than our God. John Piper says that God's glory is the radiance of the worth. The worth and beauty and the greatness of God. It's the radiance. As the godness of God is manifested and displayed to be seen and worshipped by his people. God is glorious. He is weighty. He is the most important, most famous, most worthy of praise, most beautiful being, and the most great being in all the universe. He alone is worthy of our praise and our worship. And so when we talk about Soli Deo Gloria, there's a focus, and it came out from the Protestant Reformation of Who gets recognized as we look at our salvation? Who gets praised? Who gets credited for the fact that you're sitting here today, born again and saved, if you have, in fact, repented of your sins and trusted in Jesus? Do you credit yourself? Do you boast in yourself? Soli Deo Gloria is meant to lead to all of us boasting only in the Lord. And only in the cross of Jesus Christ, where the Prince of Glory died for our sins, shed his blood to save us from the wrath of God, and rose again on the third day. So brothers and sisters, we want to take a look at this this morning. And and really, the, the main point I want to make this morning is that when we ponder creation, and when we ponder providence, When we ponder salvation, and when we ponder eternal life in heaven, may we say glory to God alone. When we ponder creation, providence, salvation, and eternal life in heaven, may we say glory to God alone. Let's look firstly at creation. And may we ponder creation, may we ponder creation often. Psalm 19 verse 1 actually says that the heavens declare the glory of God. It's what they're for. They declare God's glory and advances in astronomy only add luster to this truth that the heavens declare the glory of God and it's meant to marvel, cause us to marvel as we look out into the universe, as we look at creation in microscopic detail, but also in <laughs> telescopic detail out into the far reaches of the universe. It's meant to cause us to marvel and worship God for being as awesome as He is. He indeed is glorious or weighty. And knowing Him, and like Moses' heart, cries, Lord, show me your glory. It's meant to be really the heartbeat of the Christian life, that show me your glory, Lord, and our eyes should be trained to see and marvel and worship at God and all of his glory in the small details of creation, but also in the vast stretches of space. The heavens declare the glory of God. As we look at the universe... We recognize that God spoke the universe into creation. In Genesis 1, God said, let there be light, and there was light. But as you get down into the very details of your life as well, it's important just to note this, and it seems so obvious to say, but you and I, we owe our existence to God. And so he should get all the glory. It's a very simple thought, but it's just the reality that we would not exist if it wasn't for God creating us. He created the universe and he created you. You are fearfully and wonderfully made by God. And and that's meant to cause you to praise and worship the Lord and say, glory to you alone that you created me, Lord. And I want to live for your glory because you created me. And the heavens declare the glory of God. But we also see in Isaiah 43, verse 7, that We were created for God's glory. He formed us and made us for his glory, Isaiah 43, 7 says. One of the things I love to do is look out and just see pictures of the far reaches of space. I want to tell you this story, and I hope it inspires you. Back in 1977, Voyager 1 was sent out from our planet at a speed of 40,000 miles per hour. And it was sent into space to take pictures of our solar system. Voyager 1 in 1990 finally reached the outskirts of our solar system. And one of the things that they did was before it left the solar system, you got to remember, it's been traveling for 13 years at 40,000 miles an hour. And it finally got to the edge of our solar system. <laughs> you just look at that and you think like, wow, that's a big deal. 40,000 miles an hour for 13 years. And you think it had to get far. No, it didn't even get out of our solar system. But one of the things that took place when it did get that far was scientist Carl Sagan said, listen, turn Voyager's camera around and take a picture of earth from that spot and they did and it's one of the most famous astronomical pictures ever The picture is actually called pale blue dot and Voyager 1 captured earth from the far reaches of our solar system and in the picture earth is represented as less than a pixel It's really glorious to look at. So simple in one respect, but it's also meant to cause us to be humbled as we look and see that our earth where we live, just even from the reaches of our solar system, is such a tiny little thing. And the Lord says, the earth is my footstool. We aren't meant to look at the vastness of space and say, we as people are pretty awesome. No, the heavens declare the glory of God. So in 1990, February 14th, the picture, Pale Blue Dot, was taken and For the last 27 years, Voyager 1 has been traveling at 40,000 miles an hour, exiting our solar system, traveling through the Kuiper Belt and out into interstellar space. There's nothing to look at out there. It's just traveling. And you just get the sense of the awesome majesty and glory of God as you look out at creation and realize, go ahead and travel, Voyager 1, keep going. You're not going to even scratch the surface in terms of the distance, which God says he marks off the heavens with a span, the distance between his thumb and his forefinger. He knows the stars by name. Oh, no, we're not meant to look up at the stars and into space and say, you know, we're pretty awesome as people. We're meant to say God is awesome. Soli Deo Gloria. Glory. Glory, glory. Oh, uh, Brothers and sisters, I'm so moved by that story. And so moved as I ponder just the, the greatness of God and his majesty. And when we ponder creation, we're meant to say, Lord, I wouldn't exist without you. And in you, Lord, I live and I move and I have my being. I, the fact that I can do anything at all is all because of you. I give you glory. For all that you have done. To you alone be praise and honor. Oh, Lord, show me more of your glory, like Moses cried out in the wilderness. It's not just creation, though, that's meant to cause us to say, Oh, glory to God alone. It's also in providence that we do so as well. When we look at God's providence and we recognize that God not only creates, but he sustains. His universe, and He sustains us with the word of His power. We look and we recognize that God indeed is so very awesome. We owe our existence, but we also owe all of our accomplishments to the glory of God alone. Isaiah 26 verse 12 says, All that we have accomplished... You have done for us. For from him and through him and to him are all things. There's nothing that I ever do that I do autonomously as if I did it by C.B. strength alone. I was empowered to do these things. All that I've accomplished, all that you've accomplished, all that Bach has accomplished has been done for the glory of God alone, and we should. Model the example of Bach and say, over everything that we do, solely Deo Gloria, to the glory of God alone, because in Him we have our existence and we also are being sustained and upheld by the word of His power. You know, this is a, an awesome thought, but you, you read about this in Colossians 1 about the preeminence of Christ and how the Lord created all things, the Lord Jesus, but he also upholds all things by the word of his power. You've got Christ upholding the universe by the word of his power as he's hanging up there on the cross, dying for sinners. He's upholding and sustaining the very hands that are nailing the nails into his hands. We've got an awesome, glorious God who writes this story of his mercy and his grace that he would not just create man and create a universe, but would also sustain us and provide for all of our needs. Is it your testimony, like Isaiah 26 verse 12 says, all that we have accomplished, you have done for us. Brothers and sisters, we're meant to actively transfer the glory to God as one Puritan pastor once said, to transfer all the glory to God for everything that we ever do and never to own it unto ourselves as if by our own strength we've accomplished these things. It's all because the Lord is who he is that we've been able to live and move and have our being. And Psalm 115 verse 1 cries out in worship, not to us, not to us, but to your name be glory, Lord. Soli Deo Gloria, glory to God alone. So we see as we ponder creation and as we ponder providence that God is the one to be glorified. This is a verse that I love. Jeremiah 9 verse 23 says this, and we sung about it this morning in our song, I Will Boast. Thank you, worship team, for that. Thus says the Lord, let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man boast in his might. Let not the rich man boast in his riches, but let him who boasts boast in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice, and righteousness in the earth. For in these I delight, declares the Lord. Everything you have and everything you are You and I, we owe it all to God. We owe it all to Him. And do you glorify Him for all that you have and all that you are? Do you boast in your own wisdom or boast in your own strength or might or boast in your own riches? Oh, brothers and sisters, may we never boast except as Galatians 6 talks about, in the cross of Christ. May we only boast in the Lord, and may the one who boasts, boast in this, that he understands and knows me. I am the Lord, who practices steadfast love and justice and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight. God delights as we boast in him and give him all the glory for our existence and our sustaining and everything we've accomplished, your intelligence and your ability to work and to go to work every day. We tend to look at these things and think, you know, I'm earning this money and I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And brothers and sisters, we would not even have the mental capacity to think if it wasn't for God. And we wouldn't have the ability to drive or to use our hands or our feet if it wasn't for God sustaining us and upholding us by the word of his power. And so give him glory, give him praise and give him The honor that he and he alone deserves. Because God really is jealous that he be glorified for what he has done. Isaiah 42 verse 8. Listen to this verse. This really affects me. I am the Lord. That is my name. My glory I give to no other. Nor my praise to carved idols. My glory I give to no other. God righteously says, My glory I give to no other. And Isaiah 2 verse 11, following up on that, warns us, The haughty looks of man shall be brought low, and the lofty pride of men shall, shall be humbled, and the Lord alone will be exalted in that day. The Lord alone. Heaven's going to be about him getting praise. And we, we have the honor of being his trophies of grace that are meant to display, look at what I've won. I've won all of you. Christ Community Church here on your 16-year anniversary, I shed my blood on the cross and cried out in agony and ransomed men and women for God. To me be the glory for that. To me be the praise, the Lord says. And you see this in the great songs in Revelation chapter 4 and Revelation chapter 5. Revelation 4 has the song where God's worshipped in heaven even right now for creation. And then in Revelation 5, it's the great song, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. For by His blood, He ransomed men for God. We sing about creation, and we praise Him for creation. We also praise Him for redemption and salvation. We praise Him for sustaining us and providing for all of our needs. Oh, brothers and sisters, His glory He gives to no other. You know, we... We want glory for the things that we've thought of and the ideas that we've done and the works that we've done. We want to be recognized, and that's uh, not always wrong. Um, I remember one time preaching a sermon when we were in uh, our sister church in Cherry Hill. This is before we were sent out 16 years ago on the church plan, and I was uh, preaching a sermon, and I had an illustration that I thought, oh, man, this is going to really help the sermon, and I delivered the illustration. And before I started the illustration, I said this. I thought of it this way and began to tell the story about how I had this idea about this illustration. And I got done, and afterwards, uh, you know, some folks said it was helpful. And I got home, and Shannon said, hey, listen, uh, remember that uh, illustration? You said, I thought of it this way? CB, I thought of that. I'm the one that told you (laughs) about that detail. (laughs) And then you uh, somehow, uh, in your synapses, in your brain, these are my words. I uh, made the connection that you thought of it. <laughs> and so from now on, I think uh, Shannon's back there now. I'm just going to give her a sign that just says, um, I thought of that as I am preaching, because I'm sure there's so many thoughts that I'm like, man, this is a brilliant original thought on my part, this illustration. And it's been an insight that I've been given my, by my beloved bride. <laughs> so Shannon, go ahead and hold up the sign. I thought of it this way. Um and laugh because I'm sure it won't be the last time that I uh, say, oh, I thought of it this way. And it wasn't me that thought of it. It was her. And it's wrong to not credit your sources. It's wrong to plagiarize. It's wrong to do those things. And you know what? It's wrong to take glory to yourself and say, I did this when God alone did it. We owe our entire existence to God. I think one of the things where, why the theory of evolution is such an affront is because. We, we, we like the thought of actually evolving out of a primordial soup 4.5 billion years ago because then we can say we did it, mankind. No. God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God created man, and there was man. And we exist because God created us. We are sustained because God sustains us. And we also have been saved, brothers and sisters, because God has saved us. When we ponder creation, when we ponder providence, when we ponder salvation, may we say glory to God alone. John Piper, writing about the five solas, said this. The five solas provide wonderful clarity about the crux of the Reformation and the heart of the gospel. If the clause that the five prepositional phrases modify is justification before God by grace alone, with no merited favor whatever on the basis of Christ alone, with no other sacrifice or righteousness as the foundation, through the means of faith alone, not including any human works whatsoever, to the end that all things lead ultimately to the glory of God alone, as taught with final and decisive authority in the scriptures alone. Those five modifiers of justification define the hinge issue of the Reformation and the heart of the Christian gospel. Yes, brothers and sisters, we have been saved by grace alone, on the basis of Christ alone, through the means of faith alone, and to the glory of God alone. And we owe our salvation to God completely. We've been looking at it over the last number of weeks in Ephesians two eight, for it's by grace that you're saved, through faith, And this is not your own doing, not by works, so that no one may boast. We have to understand, and this is really important, God has designed salvation to leave no room for human boasting. No room. And so when we gather for our picture in a few minutes, and we take that picture, and as Steve Ruas inscribes, in this year's picture as he has done in the past and our church scripture while we were still sinners Christ died for us that verse is a precious description of us as a church family while we were still sinners there's our contribution Christ died for us he did it all he paid it all Brothers and sisters, he is the one who deserves the glory for why you are here and why you believe today. If you've repented of your sins and trusted in Jesus, look to him and say, glory to God alone. Inscribe SDG over the story of your testimony and let your testimony, your Christian story of salvation, not be somehow how you chose God and that that's the reason why you're born again Brothers and sisters, no, we did. We repented and we believed, but it was granted to us to repent, and it was gifted to us to have the gift of faith. Even our responses were gifts of God to the finished work of God alone, and He deserves all the praise. That's why we should boast only in the cross of Christ, and we should boast only in the Lord. Let's be very careful to make sure that we ascribe all glory to God for our salvation. Because as the Lord has said, I give my glory to no other. And He alone is going to be exalted on that day. He alone. We are going to get to enjoy worshiping God when we get to heaven it's going to be awesome. We're going to be glorified with resurrected new bodies and we're going to be able to sing praise to his name. But it's going to be about worthy is the lamb. Not worthy is CB. How no, worthy is the lamb who was slain for sinful CB. And and we take delight as his people in exalting that he died for such a wretch like me. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. May that be our anthem, Christ Community Church. And may Soli Deo Gloria resound out of the hearts of all of us in this church, both now and forevermore. Amen? And our final thought in relation to pondering. As we ponder eternal life in heaven, we talked about creation. We talked about providence. That God, we owe our existence. We owe our sustaining we also owe our salvation. The third point and our final point is we owe our eternal future in heaven to God alone. And to that, I just want to get you excited about Moses' heart cry Show me your glory. Where God in Exodus 33 said, Listen, Moses, I, <laughs> I can't let you see my face because you can't see my face and live. That's how weighty, that's how glorious, that's how awesome. God's face is. And so he hides Moses in the cleft of the rock and he shields Moses with his hand as he walks by and allows Moses to see his back. And just from seeing the back, he had to wear a veil because the glory that emanated off of him and in the reception of seeing God's glory, he, he had his face shining just from seeing the goodness of God and to see God's back. But brothers and sisters, what heaven's going to be about is what 1 Corinthians 13 exalts in. As right now we see as in a mirror dimly. Then we shall see face to face. We're going to get to see our awesome, glorified, resurrected Savior still with the wounds in His hands, face to face and to enjoy Him and worship Him forever and to Join the heavenly chorus and all the angels in singing, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain, and bringing glory to God alone forever and ever. And I want to just remind you that John the Apostle, who was so familiar with Jesus during his earthly life, during the incarnation, that he would actually lean on Jesus and did at the Lord's Supper. There's such closeness and such a bond of familiarity and love. In Revelation chapter 1, when the Apostle John sees the resurrected and glorified Jesus in the vision, he falls down as though dead. The glory of Christ is an awesome thing. And you might ask, why is it that we are going to receive glorified new bodies? Remember the truth that Jesus, when he rose from the dead, He rose from the dead with a glorified new body. It was still Jesus, but it was a resurrected body. And Jesus now is the firstborn amongst many brethren. He's up in heaven with his glorified new body. And we who die in the Lord when Christ returns, we also will be raised to new life. And we will receive glorified resurrected bodies by which we can behold the glorified resurrected and glorified christ forever and ever and you know what i thought about i was thinking about who we are right now and what we are destined for where we're going and i just you know what i actually i did actually think of it (laughs) i thought of this one so i don't think shannon conveyed this to me but i might find out when i get home that it was her and i'll let you know next week yeah right um I was thinking about tungsten, the melting point of the element tungsten, 6,192 degrees Fahrenheit. That's really hot. Tungsten doesn't melt until 6,192 degrees Fahrenheit. It It can sustain great heat coming through it. And instead of melting, it shines. And it's in our light bulbs when we hit the switch. Right now, we're not like tungsten, we are like mercury. Mercury's melting point, minus 37.9 degrees. <laughs> And so Moses didn't know what he was asking. Show me your glory. He wanted it, but his body was simply unable to handle it. But brothers and sisters, when we are raised from the dead, when Jesus comes back, and when we are enjoying him forever in heaven, we will be given glorified new bodies that will be like tungsten. We will be able to behold the glory of Christ and see Him face to face. We will be able with our bodies to be in His presence and enjoy Him in a way that right now, God mercifully just says, Moses, you cannot see my face for man shall not see me and live. We will be able to see Him and live because we will be glorified with new resurrected bodies so that we can enjoy God's done this so that we can enjoy an eternal future in heaven with him, with bodies that can handle the glory. I can't handle it right now. If the resurrected and glorified Lord appeared before us right now, it wouldn't be like, hey, Jesus, what's up? We would hit the floor and we would want to be shielded From the glory. But when we go before the Lord in heaven and when we enjoy Him in heaven forever, brothers and sisters, we are going to receive glorified, resurrected bodies. They won't be like these bodies that are wasting away right now. Oh, they are going to be glorious bodies that will be able to, with new eyes, behold the resurrected and glorious Christ and enjoy Him and and celebrate Him, and bodies that will be able to experience the radiation of of God's awesome majesty and worship him and celebrate him and delight in him and enjoy him forever. And we're going to be able to do that all because of his glory alone, that he and his plan of salvation determined not only that we would be justified, but that we would also be glorified. And we are going to be able to be with the Lord forever, all because of the glory of God alone. Aren't you so thankful that God sent his own son Jesus to reconcile sinners to himself so that we can sing, church, glory to God alone and for the praise of your glorious grace. I'd like to have the worship band return right now, and I'd like to pray and ask for the Lord to just enable us to burn bright for his glory now but also for us to look forward in anticipation, church, that these days here are not the end for the believer in Christ. These days are just, as C.S. Lewis called them, the shadow lands. But our eternal future is one that is going to be in the presence of the glorified and resurrected Christ forever. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for your awesome glory. Thank you so much that you are so weighty, Lord. You are, you are awesome in your majesty. And Lord, we would have never been able to be in your presence if it had not been for you coming and shedding your blood and dying for sinners so that we might be reconciled to you, that we might be adopted into your family and called your children. But Lord, we just want to say thank you for our existence. And thank you not just for our existence. Thank you for sustaining us as well through all these years and through the many dangers and toils and snares that we've already come through. Thank you that you're going to sustain us for the dangers, toils and snares in the days ahead for your glory alone and lord we thank you for saving us we boast only in the cross and finally lord we just want to thank you so much for our eternal future in heaven and that we will be glorified and we will be able to be in bodies forever that we'll be able to sustain the radiation of your awesome glory and we will be able to look you in the eyes face to face whereas before we never could have looked at you and lived we will live forever in your glorious presence, and our future is going to be awesome and wonderful, and we just can't wait to be together with you forever. We want to sing praise to your glory, let you receive all the glory for all that we've done, because all that we've accomplished, you have done for us. Glory to you alone, Lord, on our 16 year anniversary as a local church. Glory to you alone, not to us, not to us. But to your name be glory. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand and worship him, church. What is man that God is even mindful of us? It's God who created the universe and created each and every one of us and sustains all things by the word of his power is the God who willingly and lovingly sent his own son to die on the cross for wretched sinners like us who deserved his wrath to save us, brothers and sisters to save us. And we're going to have all of eternity to be in heaven. When we deserve to go to hell, we're going to be in heaven with glorified, resurrected bodies that he's going to give to us so that we can stand to be in his presence. What a God. What an awesome and glorious God worthy of all praise and all glory. Can we offer up just a clap offering to him for how awesome he is? We love you, Lord. We love you. We give you all the glory for our salvation. Oh, Lord, we praise you. We praise you. We praise you alone. Oh Lord, we praise you. Amen. Amen. And we have cause to smile today, don't we? During our 16 year anniversary church picture. And I'm looking forward to getting that with you now.